0: And I want to go ahead and say this, I want to get rid of the term generational, and I want to start a new one, statue builder. 40, 50 years from now, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. can have a statue built outside of the stadium of the team that drafts him. That's how confident I am in this prospect. He's the best player in the draft to me, regardless of position. He brings everything that you want to the table. And what was most great or the greatest thing about Marvin Harrison Jr. this year is that he still put up great numbers despite subpar quarterback play. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the draft. That was Jordan Reed from yesterday. That was on ESPN, I believe, or one of the, one of their shows from earlier in the afternoon. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Love him. I also think... Can he be him- better than his dad? Oh yeah, I well, I don't want to even say that. Definitively. I mean, he did have Peyton Manning, so it's yeah, pretty it's, hard to. Top quarterback that. play is going to be very, very important. He's, got, I, I think he goes forward to Arizona with Kyler Murray. I think that can help him a lot. His, I, he has all the talent in the world to do it. It's just, it's tough to say like, is he going to be better than his Hall of Fame dad? He has all the talent to do it. I like, I like Jordan Reed's idea a lot there because I, I think Joe, I'm somebody that uses the word generational too much. And yes. I need and I need something different. Yes, I need I need a different like because there is guys that are like are like yeah like this is a generational type prospect Mahomes that like can and be a game all those changer. Guys, yeah, mm-hmm. I like the idea of statue builder though, where it's like no no you're taking this guy and there's a very li- strong likelihood he is going to be like a foundational piece of like the history of your franchise. Yeah, and I like that. I don't know if Harrison Jr. fits into that. I don't think he's an overall better prospect mm. than the Calvin Johnson. I agree. I actually agree with you on that. I, I don't think he does either. And a lot of this comes from the fact that I think neighbors Malik neighbors out of LSU is a closer prospect to him than many would tell you. Kind of in like in in the kind of the void of of draft season, like mm-hmm. a, a name we're really hearing gain a lot of steam, and, and it came out a little bit last night is at quarterback, and it's JJ McCarthy out of Michigan. Yes, a ton of people are kind of are kind of telling you guys the NFL thinks way higher of McCarthy than you do. Right, just because flat out. A lot of people I've talked to about McCarthy. You know, that championship game, he only threw like 10 passes, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't do much. It was just running the ball. Harbaugh but had that smash mouth team that just did that's it. That's the thing. Is like yeah. Harbaugh runs these like very good run concepts. It just tells his quarterback to not make mistakes. I'm fascinated by McCarthy. Number one, when you look at this draft class, namely at quarterback— you have Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels like kind of those are the big three yeah and Caleb Williams kind of well yeah William Williams i he kind of fell off a little bit at the Williams, end there, I Williams like Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. are seemingly having prospect fatigue yeah where like we've known they've been really good for almost too long now and right. now we're like poking and prodding. the same thing kind of happened in 2018 with the quarterback class. Everyone knew it was a good class in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then we spent all of 27. Just 2018 talking about it. Just yeah. ripping them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just being like, find any flaw you can in all of them. And mm-hmm. I remember by the day of the draft, I was like, I think I hate all of them. Yeah, but, I know. like. I, I can tell you like what, when I all. really didn't like it was Josh Rosen from all his interviews saying, oh, man, he, I'm it, the best quarterback in the draft." His interviews I are stuff. rough. Yeah, I, it I was will bad. Distinctly remember that draft for the rest of my life. Watching it, getting ready, and it was just, it was just me and my dad, and I was keeping my brother updated because he was on a uh, on a school trip. I think it was a band trip. So oh, I, had to, I I had to keep him posted. Mm-hmm. So I'm texting him like if any trade happened or what's going on. And I'm just sitting there and and just full, you know. Full transparency. I was a huge Sam Darnold guy. Like, that's why I wanted the Bills to go get, but I kind of knew it was going to be the Jets, if not the Browns, had won. Right. So I kind of knew that. But I remember we're seeing there, we're watching the interviews of draft day, and my dad just sits there and goes, Yeah, Rosen can't fill out a suit. No. And he was petrified. Like, up until that point, he was kind of like, I like Rosen. I'd be fine with Rosen. I'm happy with Rosen, the whole thing. He saw he couldn't fill out a suit and was like, immediately, like, Not him. Anyone but him. And yeah. he quickly became the Allen guy because when you saw Allen show up, Big dude, the whole thing. He goes, That guy's never going to get hurt. Yeah. And Allen's picked up a few knocks here and there, but for the most he's part. He's played through every one he's of them. Played, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. really played through most of his career. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, too. It's just. But, so, yeah, like prospect fatigue. Yeah. I think that's kind of happened with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, then you have kind of the opposite where I've seen people talk about Caleb Williams as like the greatest quarterback prospect of all time. Yeah. That's just flat out incorrect. The greatest quarterback prospect that's ever been alive and i would say both of our lifetimes has been andrew luck 100% i, I 100%, think, I, think that, yeah. I, I was not alive for elway so i'm not going i'm not going to throw elway out there no, but we're luck, alive for the john on yeah. steroids according to vic fangio exactly that's what we're doing with exactly mm-hmm. luck was different luck was a different breed at stanford he was he retired so early too like in the nfl the colts oh, like man. and this was just it's right dope. as they were about to get a good offensive yes, line that's exactly. that's the most heartbreaking part is that when you look at it you're like he was like so close to being part of, like, a really good Colts team. Right. And then he retires. And that entire—I mean, really, up until they drafted Anthony Richardson this past season, it has been no man's land. Like, they don't know what they're doing. I think they went five straight seasons of different quarterbacks— and man, it was tough. But yeah, for remember me, they put forty-five points up on the Bills. Their run game was carrying them for Jonathan a long Taylor, time. Man. Jonathan yeah. Taylor was amazing. But yeah, Andrew Luck, his freshman year, he started as a, I, I believe, is a redshirt freshman at Stanford. Thirteen touchdowns, four picks, over twenty-five hundred yards. His second season, his sophomore year at Stanford, this is in twenty ten. Thirty-two touchdowns, eight picks, thirty-three hundred yards passing. This is with I think Harbaugh as his coach as well. So they, they were kind of run heavy as well, and seventy completion percentage and then kind of unheard of a lot of times in college, has a better final season. Mm-hmm. 3,500 yards, 71% completion percentage on 400 attempts, 37 touchdowns, and 10 picks. He I, Andrew Luck was different. Andrew was. Luck was different. And and really, he was also kind of ahead of his time. A big guy, didn't really care about the picks, was there to get touchdowns. Gunslinger. And a gunslinger mm-hmm. mentality, and could move. and. But injuries just derailed his career. But, yeah, for me, that's in, in my lifetime, that's the greatest quarterback prospect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's the same happened with Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, you either have people that are, like, hating on him, or I don't even say hating, but, like, kind of, like, like yeah, poking and prodding a little yeah. bit too much. And other people, and I respect Jordan Reed a ton, but, like, I don't think Harrison is that. Mm-hmm. This guy that is, like, going to, like, radically change your franchise. And he's also why I'm very much against the idea that has been proposed a few times. I'm not saying anyone here has necessarily proposed it, but Jody DiBiase today tweeted out that the Falcons, after a 13-3 and season with a first-team All-Pro wide receiver Roddy White, coming off a 1,400-yard season at 29 years old, decided to do this. Tried away the 27th overall pick of that year, a future first, I believe it was the next year's first-round pick, a second and a fourth to go to the sixth overall pick and draft Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills would have to get to four to take Marvin Harrison Jr. They would have to go up to Arizona's spot from 28. So yes. it's a relatively similar spot. Uh, Atlanta was in 27, we're in 28, four instead of six. The difference is, and we've talked about it a ton already with this draft class, how loaded it is from top to bottom. We have three kind of clear-cut number one guys. Marvin Harrison, as we've talked about, Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. And then after that, you get to the Brian Thomases, the Troy Franklins, the Texas duo in Ednai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. If you want to go to the Florida State duo in Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, so many names. Truly so many names. There are. Ladd McConkney, you know, there's a ton of guys. In 2011, it was very different. Very different. This is also the year the Bills picked third, and potentially the only time in the drought they were truly a bad team. They take Marcel Darius. Yeah. The first receiver off the board goes at four. That is A.J. Green, who did have a very, very good NFL career. He did. And potentially Hall of Fame-level career. Mm -hmm. The next receiver that is taken is at six. That is Julio Jones. The next receiver that is taken in the first round. Oh, you got to scroll way down. 26 to Mm -hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. Funny enough. Jonathan Baldwin. From Pitt. Baldwin basically didn't do anything. He was on Kansas (laughs) City for two years. Yeah. 49ers for a year and is cut from the Detroit Lions. Literally does almost nothing. That's the last wide receiver as well of the first round. Of the first round. Uh The next guy that is taken is in the second round, and that is Titus Young from Boise State going to the Detroit Lions. He is also on a roster... For two years. Nothing. And then he is cut by the St. Louis Rams in 2013. Hmm.
1: Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: He also ran into some legal troubles as well and, and he had a lot going on, but that's uh, the second receiver to, or that's the fourth receiver total taken in the draft. That's insane because I feel like in recent history at least it's been so many just picked off right at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Drafts changed. Yeah, they do. Because like, the look wide, at the 2018 yeah. quarterback class versus last season; it's mm-hmm. different. You know, the wide receiver position has truly changed, and I want to say like they've all been bad in this. I mean, in this draft class as well, Randall Cobb is taken in the second round, and, yes. and, and and such. But it was not this draft class, and that is where I've seen people talk about trading up to go get that guy, like the next Tulio Jones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't. Think it's needed at all? I feel like there are a plethora of them in this draft that you could mm-hmm. that you could work with. Truthfully, at, yep. at your pick, I don't think you need to you know sell the house to go get one right up at the top. And, like and that's that. the thing you would kind of be selling the house. I mean, ultimately, you're a team that desperately needs to get younger. You have a ton of cap issues. Yeah. So let's just look at the draft at, at the trade that was done by Atlanta to move up. You're trading this first round pick. You're swapping, sorry, that first round pick. To go up to four. Again, this is where likely Marvin Harrison Jr. is being taken. So you're moving up to four. Yeah. Next year's first-round pick, this year's second, and this year's fourth. Yes, you have ten picks, but you have needs at defensive tackle. You have needs at safety. Really, you have needs on the defensive line as a whole. You still kind of need another wide receiver in this room as well. You don't really need just one. And all of a sudden, all to get one guy... Very quickly, your needs become way more exaggerated because you don't have the draft capital you had before. Mm-hmm. You moved up really quick. So now it becomes like 2014 when the Bills moved up to go get Sammy Watkins. Yeah, the that Clemson do- guy, but that's a Rex Ryan yeah. pick right there. Yeah. That doesn't hit, and it's a problem. I mean, they really don't recover from that. They don't at all, Yeah. EJ doesn't work, sure. But when you look at the other receivers taken in that draft class in a year that is similar to this one, Sammy Watkins is the first wide receiver taken. Then Mike Evans. Then Odell Beckham Jr. Brandon Cooks is taken in the first round. Wow. Calvin Benjamin is also taken in the first round. Heavy wide receiver class. That is just in round one. Keep it going from there. Devontae Adams is taken in round two. Whoa. Whoa. Allen Robinson is taken in round two. Jarvis Landry is taken in round two. So a lot of the receivers playing at elite levels today mm-hmm. are, were in that draft. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and re- Devontae re- re- Adams in round two. That's crazy to think about. Right? Yeah. And the reason why I'm bringing up 2014 and comparing it to 2011 is because 2011 did have like, – Julio Jones and A.J. Green both were considered like unbelievable prospects. 100%. But the reason why I'm also bringing up 2014 is to show that but if you do miss on that wide receiver, it is – painful because of how far you had to move up and you talk about wasting a prime of Allen that's wasting a prime now with Allen being the quarterback compared to EJ Manuel your likelihood of it breaking is not high yeah the likelihood of it hitting is huge right but my thing with this is just but with Allen a quarterback you will likely get the most out of a guy like a Brian Thomas Jr. at LSU, a Troy Franklin out of Oregon, yep. a Javon Baker out of UCF. If you go in round if you go around right. two or three, Brian you will Thomas likely get the most out of those guys. Yeah, and Brian Thomas Jr., who's that's who I have the Bills taking at number twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Like truthfully, and guess what? There's a chance you're going to take him at number twenty eight. You're not going to have to trade up for him and sell the house. I mean, we we talked about it yesterday. Uh, me and uh, me and Josh did with Field Yates is. is um, his first mock draft. Mock draft, yeah. He only had five receivers going in the first round. For the sole fact of it's so talented mm-hmm. that people in, in teams will just be like, you know what, let's go edge rusher. Let's go offensive tackle right. first. That's also a deep class, but it's a bigger need than going in another wide receiver. Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports joined Shiltman the Bulldog yesterday and said a similar thing of just like, no, I think that's more likely than the 7-8 guys because teams will realize, I can wait a second. you know, Especially in the middle of the first round where they're not – like having to wait till like 60 to 65 in the right. second round to go with their second guy. didn't even bring up my maybe favorite value pick in the second round at wide receivers, Jalen Polk out of Washington. I yeah. love him. I can't wait to see how he tested the combine later this month. I cannot wait. Oh, that's right. We're, we're officially into the off season now that the Super Bowl is over. This is crazy. I'm excited. It flies by. Yeah. Draft season actually flies by now that your team is good. Because mm-hmm. I remember, man, when I was growing up, I'm a few years older than you, but when I was growing up, I had a tough time of, like, draft season for me would begin November. Yeah. And I'm a college football junkie, so, like, I was watching college football anyways, but, like... Right, talking where the Bills were. Yeah, Yeah. I'm talking, Mm -hmm. like, I'm reading mock drafts. Yeah. As, like, the Bills are getting ready to play, like, the New England Patriots, and they have, like, three wins. And I'm, like... Woo. Yeah. At that they time I think it a quarterback. Yeah. Let's go. Right. You at know. that time I think I was learning why the everyone boos the commissioner. I think that's what I was more focused on. That's, foc- you were figuring that, it that's out. what I was more focused on at that point in my life. So But so like that was my thing is like y- you find out really quick just how fast this comes, which is also you know, as the older I've gotten the more sympathy I have for a lot of these rookies where man, like your life just this this whole year's a blur. Yeah. From January first, especially if you're playing in, in the college football playoff, till January first. It is a blur because they, you know, they go right from college. They start getting ready for the combine. They're working on mock interviews because they're going to get just grilled at said combine and, and then on official team visits and at their pro days. And then after that, like, you got like a week and a half and then you're at rookie camps. And then you have mandatory mini camps mm-hmm. and then you have training camp. And it's just, man, it is a whirlwind. But so, I mean, for me, like, that's my thing It's just. And I kind of want to set this up early. Do I think the Bills can trade up in the first round? Probably. Yeah. Brandon Bean's kind of shown he's willing to move up three or four picks to get the guy he wants. And I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. But the big trade-ups, the kind of where the main story of the draft kind of trade-ups. Mm-hmm. That is just not needed this year. No, it's, it's not. It's just not needed. It'd be needed. different if you didn't have a Stefan Diggs. You didn't have a wide receiver one, yeah. pretty much. Like, that's it, when, it, and okay, okay be, go get the big yeah. guy. And, and it'd then, be different if, like, really, we only had like, the three receivers. And after that, it's like, a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're all kind of bad or they're all kind of good. Yeah. Like, we don't know. You have then Shakir. It'd be different. You have all those guys. You like, have Shakir. You have yeah. Kincaid. You also have ten picks, yeah, and in a deep draft class. You, th- this is where, like, I'm even kind of, I'm both preparing myself, but also preparing a lot of listeners too, of like, no, they're hey, not going to take a wide receiver in the first round. Yeah, if they take defensive tackle in the first round, because five or six guys went, mm-hmm. that's all right. That think, just means the run in the second round may not be as bad. You think they take a safety? Be a ton. Because the guy, the guy out of Miami, yeah. Cameron Kitchens. Yep, yep. Kitchens. you think not, they? Would I, I always him? want to say Kitchens, but it's Kitchens. <laughs> Cameron Kitchens. Uh, that wouldn't be a bad pick at all especially if, like, no safety's been taken, that wouldn't be a bad idea. And especially if, like, Byron Murphy's gone, the the guy at Illinois has gone, Tavondre Sweat's gone, like, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. But I'm kind of preparing myself, especially because then I do fully believe rounds two and three are the taken wide receiver. Mainly because, Joe, I think that is such a need, wide receiver. But they're in the perfect draft class that they'll be able to do it. Yeah. When you look at Last year's draft class, and 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 it's easier to always look at last year's draft class compared to this, you know, compared to this year's. It's it's only one year difference, right? In hindsight, it's twenty twenty exactly. Mm-hmm. But last year's draft class, when we were going through this, the wide receivers were not considered very good. No. They were considered solid, fine. Yeah, nothing but, but out of Adi- this world. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Addison followed up a Bolitnikoff award-winning season mm-hmm. at Pittsburgh, going to UC- USC, and having a down year. Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers was solid out of Boston College, and he was the most fun guy, but he didn't really know. Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State was considered a dude that was interesting, but nothing really crazy. right? And then Quentin Johnson out of TCU, I think most draft analysts were kind of sitting there going, I don't know, man. Like that's kind of concerning. And that was your first round. Then, of course, you do get the guys like Rasheed Rice and and such in the second round. Yes, but at the time, it was a bad draft class to like want to get aggressive in the first round. Oh yeah, this year is far different, and it's not something where if you know three, four receivers go, you are sitting there going, I don't know what we're doing. Like, like I guess we have to go take Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Right, it's it, it, it's it's very different. It's, from it years is. Past. It's one hundred percent different, and it kind of is an exciting different. I think. It's, with oh, how man, deep it is. Dude, I, I think I, I'm very much looking forward to that. I was saying, right when this this kind of process started, I've been very excited at the fact that we're we are going to get a little bit of a of a retool here for the Bills. I'm excited that they're going to get younger. I'm excited at the fact that in their pro, uh, their their end of season press conferences, both McDermott and Bean were pretty aggressive on the sense of like, no, no. We need more explosive plays. McDermott got really defensive and was like, no, I cut my teeth with Andy Reid. I want to win passing the ball. Mm-hmm. I got excited because I'm like, this is the perfect draft class They're to fired have up. that mindset. Yeah, And it's also not like the Bills have never attacked the wide receiver position. In the year before they got Stephon Diggs, they go and sign John Brown and Cole Beasley. They mm-hmm. saw that both those guys weren't the one. Great. Next offseason, go get Stephon Diggs. My problem has been is that they got Diggs and stopped. Mm-hmm. They, they said that's dra- enough. Yeah, yeah and that's they haven't it. drafted a receiver in the first three rounds. Gabe Davis a fourth round pick, and ultimately you got phenomenal value from Gabe Davis, it's a fourth round pick, phenomenal. Yeah, but they have not, I think, retooled in the way that they should, and that's where Green Bay has become the team I want to emulate so so bad of just. Not just first round receivers, second round, third round, fourth round. Just grab guys, grab guys with elite traits here and there, mm-hmm. and just build out your receiver unit so that when Diggs does eventually retire or hit that wall and just you know flatline, you're not panicking. No, you have the backup. You have backup. That's and, what and, you want. and I'm worried that we're already kind of at that spot of a little bit of panic because well, what if Diggs really did hit the wall? Mm. You know, the, you I don't thought don't, about it like that. You don't really have that yes. young receiver. Khalil Shakir's fun, but he's a slot guy. Kincaid's a tight end. You don't really have that young guy that you can go, okay, it's your time to shine now. They don't have it. No. They thought it was Davis. Davis. That, that though, was more wishful thinking than anything. He's not built for the, the position he's playing right now. Yeah. He's trying to fill Emmanuel Sanders' shoes because, honestly, that's what kept Diggs not double-covered and locked down every yeah. game. And, and Davis doesn't do... He can't play that position. Can't play that position, and to be perfectly honest, man, they haven't even re- replaced John Brown. No. With with, with with the speed and the downfield ability he had, they, they have not replaced that They since. tried to with Emmanuel Sanders, and guess what? That was a passable substitute yeah but he got but old he was fast. done within a year yeah, he yeah, got old fast he did too. not permanently solve that problem at all that's the problem and it's just been it's been duct tape and duct tape that's been reused it's not fresh it's no. not holding anything together. it's it's we're in an interesting time but i think an exciting time gotta take a quick time out here what are your feelings on this offseason do you think the bills should trade up am i off is joe off on this do they need to go up and get one of the big three love to hear your thoughts Eight hundred three oh five fifty is the number to call gonna take a quick time out here Zach Jones, Joe Cali, filling in here on the Extra Point Show. And you're listening to WGR.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs.